Good evening, sons of God. I hope you're enjoying your day so far. Welcome to our today's teaching. I'm your host, Josephine Hild. Thank you for keeping in touch with us. Thank you for your feedback. Thank you for watching our teachings. Thank you for sharing. If there is anything that we really want in this time is for Christ, you know, for the knowledge of Christ, the accurate knowledge of Christ to be made available and to be shared for all to access to it. Kindly share this video once it blesses you. Don't keep it to yourself. Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel and always look out for Josephine Hill Ministries page for more and new videos. Remember, every Thursday evening we shall be uploading a video teaching for you. By the grace of God, we shall be doing that. Kindly be on the watch. And even as we begin this teaching, I'm thankful because I know already your heart is prepared and ready to hear from this. I know the Spirit has already given you wisdom and the revelation of God in regards to what we are about to study. I know you are ready in, to hear and I know you shall be made free. And I know even when you receive this truth, when it becomes one with you, you shall not keep it to yourself. Kindly share. You, God has given you so many opportunities, so many platforms. You don't need a building to, to share the knowledge of Christ. You have your Facebook page, you have your Twitter page, you have your Instagram page, wherever that God has given you in this era, kindly manifest Christ, feel free. There are so many Facebook pages that are just idle and they are for sons of God. Don't keep it idle. They are, the people who are following you, it is not in vain. It is not just a, by the way, it is intentional. The Father is intentional. He wants you to make him known wherever he has given you, even at your workplace, even in your family, with your friends. Always desire to manifest Christ. Sometimes it doesn't have to be in so much words, just an act of kindness or love. Let Christ be known. So today... Uh, Thank you so much for your question. There was a very good question about, you know, the difference between sin and the works of the flesh and the idea of what is the kingdom of God. And, you know, in regards to what Paul said in Galatians chapter 5, can it be lost or can people not inherit it because of these things? So, welcome. Like we said, in there, there are several videos I've done teaching about sin and the origin of sin. And just to remind us, I want us to know that sin is not an act. Just a summary of the teachings we've been making about sin. Sin is not an act that you do. Sin is a nature that man became upon receiving the knowledge of good and evil. Remember in Eden when God put man there, there was a condition given to him. There was a law, there was a command that you know what? You can eat all these things, but of that tree you shall not eat. Because of the day that you will eat of it, you shall surely die. So why was man to die? Because man would have become a nature that would make him able to die. That the nature was sin. So the moment Adam partook of that tree, the moment his eyes opened and was able to see good and evil, that was sin. I want us to get very clearly. Sin is beyond an act. Remember, in, in this age right now, if you tell a smoker that is sin, if you tell a person that is sleeping with a person, another person other than the husband that that is sin, that is adultery. Or if you look for another one that is eating too much and tell them that is sin, you know, you are eating too much. The question is, which is true? Paul writes to us in Romans chapter 5, he writes very clearly that through one man sin came. If it's true that through one man sin came and you are telling this person he's, he's a sinner because he's smoking. The question is, did this one man smoke? Now we know this man is Adam. What did this man do 
for us to understand sin, my friends, we have to go back to Genesis and understand what did this man become. And after knowing that we must know the plans of redemption, what did Jesus do? Were the works of Adam greater than the works of Jesus? Were the works of disobedience greater than the works of obedience? Was what Adam did greater than what Jesus did on the cross? We have to understand these things. And we understand these things, we'll come to know that sin was a nature. Sin was a nature that this man became upon partaking the tree of good and evil. A nature. It, he became a new person. He became what God had never created. The man that God created in Eden was blameless. He was just there. Even though he didn't have the life of Christ, therefore dead. He was sinless because he didn't know good and evil. That's why he was naked, but he was not ashamed. Him and his wife, they were naked, but they were never ashamed because there was no knowledge of good and evil. So God's divination God's definition of sin is the nature of man having the knowledge of good and evil. So what happened? This nature, God crucified it on Jesus' body. It is written very carefully that Jesus came as the last Adam. Very, very carefully. And I can read it for you, though I've taught this so many times, but I can read it for you. I can read it for you in Romans chapter 8. I love this because it summarizes the works of Jesus. Even in John, in the epistles of John, he writes it and says, the son of God was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. The works of the devil was him deceiving Adam to partake of that tree or to transgress that law and therefore become that nature that was called sin. That was the works of the devil. Now, if Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil, we need to sit down and ask ourselves, was he successful? If Jesus destroyed the works of the devil, is it possible that we still have the works of the devil today? If Jesus disarmed the devils and principalities, is it possible that they're still in power today? We need to ask ourselves so many questions. And if truly, like Paul says in Romans chapter 8, chapter 8 verse 7, that without the law sin was dead. Let's go back to Adam and look at him. Is it, was, was Paul saying the truth? Yes. Look at Adam. Before a law was given to Adam, there was no sin in mankind. Of course, sin was in God's creation where it was meant to be. You can find more on that on the video we made on the origin of sin. Sin was, but not in man. So sin was dead to man. Sin was dead in the realm of man. So man was just there. No sin. No knowledge of good and evil. Now, if it is written very clearly in Colossians chapter 2 verse 14 and Ephesians 2 14 very clearly and in so many instances, even in Matthew 5 17, Jesus said, I have not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. And you know very well he fulfilled it. If, 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 if there, when there was no law, sin was dead, how much more now that the law has been fulfilled on Jesus' body? I want us to ponder on that. These are questions I'm throwing to you to changamsha your mind, you know, to, 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 to exercise your mind so that you can understand very clearly what it means that Jesus destroyed the works of the devil. So sin was the nature that that man became. And how did God deal with that nature? And let me show you. This scripture is very clearly, oh God, I pray that the eyes of understanding will be enlightened as I read this scripture. I pray if there is any stronghold in your mind that is denying you from accepting the finished works of Jesus. Right now, I type down as I read this word in the name of Jesus. Wherever you are, when you hear this truth, I pray by the power of the Holy Spirit that your heart will be opened, your mind will be opened, and the spirit of truth will bear witness and teach you more for you to understand, for you to grasp, for you to accept that the works of the devil were completely destroyed by Jesus Christ. If there is any work on this earth, it is the finished work which men are resting on by faith. 
Romans 8 chapter 3. Let's read it together. Your heart is ready. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He says, what the law could not do. Let me, let me begin by explaining that. What the law could not do, what couldn't the law do? Remember, when sin came through one man, later on, many years later, we see a law being given to a group of people, you know, a selection of people among mankind. These people are called Israel. A law is given to them through Moses. And this law is not just the Ten Commandments. There were about 613 laws. There were laws considering how they should dress, how they should eat, how they should deal with neighbors, everything pertaining to how it was supposed to be. So what the law could not do was that the law could not tame them. The law could not tame the nature that man had received from Adam. Let me repeat. The law could not deal or give a solution to the nature that man had become in Eden. Remember, these are men who have come after Adam. You know, Israel came way long way after, if you study the genealogy, after Adam. So these men have this nature. So the law could not solve this nature. It could not. No matter how many times people are told, do not steal, they still stole. Why? Because this law only came to revive in them this nature. Remember, in Gal it's in the same Romans chapter 7, Paul explains very clearly. And he says, the law came to reveal sin. For how could these people know that this is wrong? You know, unless the law tells them, do not steal, how would they have known that stealing is, 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 is wrong? We call it sin here, but as we, as we go ahead, you will understand the difference between sin and the works of the flesh. So unless the Lord told the people of Israel, do not commit adultery, how would they have known if you are married, sleeping with another man's husband and all those things, they are not good? How would they have known? So the law came to reveal sin. Instead of the law taming sin, you know, mankind would, would expect, you know, Sin came. I'm now a slave of sin. I need to be got out of this. I need to be helped. I need to be freed. So the law comes. You know, maybe mankind's expectation was now this is my savior. If I keep this, 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 and this, and this, then I'm good with God. If I keep this and this and this, then sin is away from me. But was that the truth? No. In fact, there is no man who could ever keep those laws. The only man that fulfilled the law to the latter is Jesus Christ. And his end was death because the law always kills. Jesus fulfilled the law to the latter. Fulfilling, there's a difference between fulfilling and, and keeping it. He fulfilled it to the latter, and the latter was death. Now, what the law could not do is that it could not tempt sin. It could not provide a solution to sin. There is nothing you could do. It just increased. He says where, where, the, you know, where there is more law, there is only more sin. So he says what, what the law could not do since it was limited by the flesh... The laws are spiritual. The flesh is flesh, is carnal. Surely, how can spiritual and, and flesh help each other? Then he says, God did. How did God do it? What the law could not do, since it was limited by the flesh, God did. How? He condemned sin. Hallelujah, Rabashenteri. He condemned sin in the flesh. He condemned sin not in the air, not in the water, not in the animals. In the all they used to, 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 to do this, this in the shadow, trying to condemn sin in the, in the body of animals. But now he says he condemns sin in the flesh. How? By sending his son in the flesh like ours under sin's domain. And as sin offering. Okay, this version is a little bit hard. Let me read it from KJV. It says, What the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, 
God did by sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh and on the account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. That is very simple English. Even if you read whatever version, it is very simple. What the law could not do, what couldn't the law do? The law couldn't tempt sin. The law couldn't provide a solution for sin. The law, in fact, increased sin. The more many people were given the law, they became more lawless, more reckless. So what did God do? God came himself in the flesh. Jesus, the son of God, he came in this flesh. Remember, when Adam became sin, he was in this body. He was not in the body of a goat or a cow. It was in this body. So Jesus comes in this body. Jesus could not come in the body of a cow or a goat. Why? Because sin was in this body. So Jesus comes in this body. And on this body, God imputes sin. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says, He made him who knew no sin to be sin. So when Jesus is coming, on that cross, God makes him sin. And what happens? He condemns that sin. He kills that sin in that body. While people are looking at Jesus on the cross dying, God was looking at sin, destroyed, destroyed. That's why that sin spoke and said, Father, oh, he didn't even say Father. He said, God, why have you forsaken me? Who was that speaking? Adam. Who was Adam? The sin of mankind. God created a man. Adam was the making of the devil. Adam was the man that partook of the tree that he wasn't supposed to partake. Adam was the man that became with the knowledge of good and evil. So on that cross we hear him crying, Oh God, why have you forsaken me? So this, 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 this voice was not of Jesus. We know Jesus could never be forsaken by God. How? He only said the Father and I are one. Jesus was God. He is God one. How can God forsake God? That was Adam crying, why have you forsaken me? Because in that Eden, when Adam knew good and evil, all of a sudden his mind got separated from God. Son of God, whenever your mind is full of carnal knowledge, the knowledge of good and evil, trust me, it is always separated from God. That's why the same God says a carnal mind is enmity with God. It is the mind that Adam became after he partook of sin, after he became sin. But the spiritual mind is life and peace. So that was sin, and that is how it was dealt with. Dead. Apart from the law, sin lays dead. On the body of Jesus, God condemns sin. It is as clear as the day that the sin that came with mankind in Adam died. The death of Adam was the death of mankind. That was it. That chapter is closed. So what is next? Now next is man. After the cross, man is sinless. Man is back to Eden. Man is back at the garden. He has no knowledge of good and evil. This is according now to the mind of God. Even though men still have the knowledge of good and evil, it's because they have refused to renew their minds with the knowledge of God. But in the eyes of God, any man that God sees, he sees dead men. Why? Because all men died in Jesus' body. Adam died in Jesus' body. That's why it was called the last Adam. God does not see sinners. Sinners ended with the death of Jesus. God sees dead men. Now, these dead men are men who are without the life of Christ. The same way man was in the presence of God in Eden, without the life of God. No sin, no knowledge of good and evil. He was naked, but he didn't know it. The same way a dead body is naked and smelling, but he doesn't know it. So are unbelievers today. They are dead, they are smelling, they are naked, but they don't know. They don't know. But you who is in Christ, you are alive. And you know you are clothed with righteousness. You know that you are born of God. So the person that was asking this question was asking, what is the difference between sin and the works of the flesh? Now we understand sin. Sin is the nature that man became upon knowing good and evil. Now remember, there was a nature that man was when he was created by God. In that nature, he was just there. 
always hanging out, you know, just there, tending on the garden as God told him. Now, there is this man now, after knowing good and evil, he's different. What happens? He's now running away from God. And when God is asking, where are you? He says, you know what? I, I, I had you coming and I ran because I was naked. Now, look at this man. He, he now has a different conscience, defiled conscience. He's seeing himself as naked. He's seeing himself as separated from God. Now, what is the works of the flesh? The works of the flesh is what man, manif man manifested with the knowledge of good and evil. Let me tell you, unless, look at a child. Let me use this example. A child that is born, a child that is born, this child knows no good, no evil. Just take a child that is young and small and knowing nothing. Put him next to a snake. They will play with the snake. In fact, they will just, they will even curl themselves in the snake. Why? They don't know this is a snake. It's an animal. It is dangerous. You should be afraid. Because naturally a man has that knowledge. Now, take that small child again. Put him next to fire. What will happen? They will touch the fire. They will touch it and they'll be burned. Why? Because they don't know this fire should not be touched, that it will burn. So, a man that is born into this world, they do not have the knowledge of good and evil. That's why our children are whatever they are. Until they start getting into that knowledge where we are teaching them all these things and they're not knowing, oh, this is good, this is evil. I should dress like this, I should not dress like this, I should go here, I should not go here. So, these are the works of the flesh. The works of the flesh are as a result of this knowledge. Now, when we start knowing this is evil, and of course, there is that desire in us to want to know what is this evil? What if I do, what will happen? So it is resulting to the works of the flesh. The reason why you see people killing today, the reason you see why people drinking and smoking, the reason why you see people, you know, doing all these things, I will read it to them for you. It's not because sin is alive. It's not because Jesus did not kill sin. It's not because Jesus did not take away the sin of the world. It is not because Jesus failed. It is not because Jesus did not destroy the works of the devil. Hey, he was successful. He did it. He did it. He said it is finished. I have destroyed the works of the devil. I have killed sin. Now men can partake of eternal life by faith in me. He finished it. I'm telling you there is no unwork, work that is undone. He finished it. But then there's one difference. There are those who have believed and by faith they have overcome the flesh. Remember, when Adam acquired the knowledge of good and evil, now man became a slave to the flesh. There is nothing that man can do about the flesh. The flesh is always leading man. Whatever the flesh wants gets because man has no power over it. But now there is this new creation. There is this man in Christ. By the spirit he has power over the flesh. So the man in Christ has the power or the ability to tame the flesh. The flesh may be willing to do this and this, but by the spirit you overcome it. But then there are these men who are still dead, not born again. They have no power to overcome the flesh, even though it is dead. Remember, all men died in Jesus. The same sin died. Even though the sin is dead in their flesh and their flesh is dead, they have no power over it. It is the same God who says also, he has freed us from the law of sin and death. Now, these men, non-believers, even though they are free from the law of sin and death because Jesus fulfilled all the, the laws, they are not aware. You know, let me tell you, so many times we say, what you don't know won't kill you, but it is not true. If there is something that is killing people, it is ignorance. The reason why people in this world are perishing, even though they are rich and powerful and famous and beautiful and tall and short, is because they lack knowledge. Knowledge of what? Knowledge of the finished works. Knowledge of the fact that Jesus nailed the flesh. Knowledge of the fact that the flesh that used to rule over men was made powerless, dead. 
they lack knowledge and whatever you lack knowledge of the the enemy you know the devil will always take advantage over you let me tell you the devil is defeated he's powerless he has nothing but he rules over men with deception the only weapon he has actually is deception whenever you are lacking knowledge he will rule over you with deception so he's ruling over men with deception they lack the truth that's why we preach the gospel when men hear the gospel when they believe they come out of that deadness they come alive in Christ and by the power of the spirit by the Christ in them they overcome the flesh there is no man in Christ whom the flesh will subdue no way hey even the, even if the flesh is behaving like it is ruling you for a few days you will come back to your conscious son of god and you'll overcome that flesh isn't it the same thing that happened to that person that we call the prodigal son in the in the gospels He went away. He squandered. He was being taken overtaken by the flesh. But what happened? When he got to the consciousness of his mind of his sonship, he overcame the flesh and he went back to his father. That is the identity of the son of God. The flesh may seem like it is ruling you, but it'll never put you down because you are alive in Christ. You have overcome. So the works of the flesh, they are the they are the signs and the symptoms of a dying horse. Let me put it that way. The works of the flesh They are the leaves that are drying while the tree was cast the fig tree the fig tree the sin the sin that Jesus killed this lying you know the the fig tree that Jesus cast the leaves that are falling it 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 cast it withered this this leaves that are drying those are the works of the flesh the works of the flesh is not sin the works of the flesh is is, is just the nature the identity of this flesh dead flesh The works of the flesh are like the odor that a dead body produces. They don't even know they are producing it unless you wash them. They don't even know they are producing it. The same way like the fruit of the spirit is is what living men manifests because they are alive in Christ they manifest that. So when you see a believer manifesting the works of the flesh is because they are lacking knowledge in that area. They don't need re- they don't need rebuking and casting out of devils. They don't have devils in them. They, their body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. The devil and the Holy Spirit cannot share a temple. What they need is knowledge. When you know the truth then truth makes you free. What the believer needs is knowledge. Amen. What the believer needs is knowledge, knowledge of their new identity, knowledge of their Christ identity. They need this knowledge and as they are being made free, they walk out of this flesh. So son of God, the works of the flesh, they are just a byproduct of the wrong knowledge. Meaning their solution is getting the correct knowledge, actually the perfect knowledge which is the mind of Christ. The sin of this world was the nature that man became and the solution to it was death. blood without blood there is no remission of sin jesus shed his blood for all mankind so the problem is not sin anymore sin is taken care of the problem is the works of the flesh works of flesh do not need confession they do not need you repenting and doing all those things they do not need blood they need mind renew renew your mind be awakened in the reality that you are a son of god be awakened in the newness of life and walk in it Let me read for us that scripture that the the scripture that the, that the question came from is in Galatians chapter 5 Galatians chapter 5 I want us to read this together very very important Galatians chapter 5 from verse 19 I love this because if we one day we'll do a study on this and I want us to understand When Paul was writing to the various churches he wrote to them depending on their level of knowledge for example to the Corinthians he says very clearly in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 when i came to you i could not speak to you as mature people but as to carnal carnal because you are carnal 
You people who sit down and say, I am of Paul, I am of Apollos, aren't you carnal? They were carnal. So Paul spoke to them with a carnal mind. And that's why there is so much immorality. There is so much sins. There is so much. They were carnal. The only language they couldn't understand is that. But look at the Galatians. Do you know in Galatians, Paul spoke to them directly. He spoke to them. He actually divided it in the, in the, in the, you know, in the, in the law of the spirit of, of, you know, in the law of sin and death and the law of the spirit. He made it very clear of two, two natures of men. There's the man in Christ, there's the man dead outside of Christ. Very clear. Let us see together. Galatians chapter 5 from verse 19, he says, Now the works of the flesh are obvious. The works of the flesh here is the manifestation of the carnal nature. The manifestation of this flesh, this body that we are in, even though it is dead, this is its manifestation. He says, The works of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, moral impunity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, any, and anything similar. Then this is where your question came from. And then he says, I tell you about these things in advance, as I told you before, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, let me just make it, for example, clear. How many of you have ever been angry? Live alone even in the days of your ignorance, now that you're in Christ. How many times have you been angry? Okay, how many times have you been jealous? Yes, you jealous. How many times have you hated? Yes, you man in Christ. How many times have you been drunk? How many times have you masturbated? Yeah, look at me in the eyes and tell me never. How many times have you watched pornography? How many times have you participated in gossips? How many times have you, you know, even, even, you know, said wrong things about others? How many times have you done things? They even, they even more than what Paul writes here. Many times, many. In all these doings, did, has a day ever come where Jesus wrote you a note and tell you, you know, from today henceforth, I do not want you as my own. You did this and this, I don't want you anymore. Has anyone ever received that revelation here in your dream, in your sleep, in a letter? Or has it ever written anywhere now, now, because you have done this, I have unsealed you, I have taken my Holy Spirit from you? No. If these things could stop us, if these things could be the reason why none of us will be a son of God, if these things could be a reason why, as you call it, losing salvation, then none of us would be saved. None of us would be of God right now. None of us will be in Christ because we have done them so many times. Just because you do one and not the other doesn't mean the other one is better. Just because you, you gossip and this other one sleeps with people's husband doesn't make you better. You are one and the same. It is the same thing. It is the works of the flesh. Just because you, you drink and the other one watches pornography doesn't make you any better. They are the same. So don't look at the others because they work the flesh differently than you. What religion says they sin differently as you. It is all one thing. It is all manifestation of the flesh. And for as long as we're in this flesh, one, knowingly or unknowingly, you know, even in conscious or unconscious, we work the flesh. Sometimes you're just angry. It is a work of the flesh. So does it mean because you are angry, you are now no longer a son of God and you've lost your salvation? But you want to call the adulterer that they have lost their salvation while the adultery and anger is the same works of the flesh. We must get this clearly. So what Paul meant when he said, you shall not inherit the kingdom of God, this is what he meant. First of all, we need to understand what is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the reign of God. 
when Jesus came, even with John, and they were saying, hey, prepare the way, the kingdom of God is here, the kingdom of God is at hand, what they meant is the reign of God. What they meant now, a time has come where men, by the power of the Holy Spirit, they shall do mighty, great things of God. And it started with Jesus. Jesus was not a man like any other. Jesus manifested the kingdom of God. Jesus brought the kingdom of God. Jesus healed the sick with no medicine. Jesus raised the dead without using any scientific method. Jesus preached the gospel without even using microscope to 5,000 people without using microphone. Jesus did things that no man in average way would do. That is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the manifestation of the power of God. The kingdom of God is the manifestation of the righteousness of God. Jesus was on earth for 33 years and no woman will ever say Jesus slept with them. He manifested the perfect righteousness of God. He manifested the perfect nature of God. No works of the flesh. That is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the manifestation of the power of God, is the reign of God. And the sons of God are reigning through the gift of righteousness and the abundance of grace. So when you preach the gospel, when you reveal Christ and men believe, that is the kingdom of God. When you go and be told, these men are sick, and you lay hands on them and heal them, or when you make a prayer or whatever you do and they are healed, that is the kingdom of God. When you go somewhere and are told, these men are dead, and you call them out of those graves you call them out of those mortuaries that is the kingdom of god when you go somewhere and you're told there is no water and you manifest water out of nowhere that is the kingdom of god whatever men do by the power of the holy spirit that is the kingdom of god that is the nature of god that is just how things are done in in god's way in god's kingdom that's how things are done in god's kingdom there is nothing like there is nothing that is not there there is nothing that is impossible people do what is impossible that is the kingdom of god so what did paul mean here Paul meant, when you walk in the flesh, you deny yourself an opportunity to manifest the Spirit of God in you. Simple. Let me tell you the truth. Son of God, you might be born again. Oh my God, no doubt you are in heaven, you are a son of God. But you are living a defeated life. All you do is, is drink. All you do is do those, those, those drugs. I'm not saying that drinking is wrong. I'm saying when it takes control over you. I'm not saying that watching some things is wrong. When they take control over you and you can't do without them, then that means they have overtaken you. That means the flesh is ruling. The flesh should not rule you. You know, the flesh is flesh. It will always manifest itself. But the problem is it ruling you. There are men, they cannot sleep without drinking. There are men who cannot even walk without smoking. You know, I have to smoke to begin my day. There are men who cannot stay without putting their hands in their private parts and masturbating. Isn't it true? Now, that is what it means to be overtaken by the flesh, to be ruled by the flesh. And I'm telling you, look at a person that is ruled by the flesh, they will rarely manifest the spirit. Because the spirit and the flesh, the same Paul says it here in Galatians chapter 5, they are always contrary to each other. Each one of them wants to reign. There is no single day flesh and spirit say, let me take 50%, you take 50%. No, each one of them wants 100%. The flesh wants to rule you completely and destroy you. The spirit wants to reign over you, to rule over you and manifest Christ and give you life. Now it is a choice that you have to make as a son of God. You know what? Even though I'm in this flesh, I am born of God. I have the spirit of God. I choose to set my mind on things above. It's a choice we make. I choose to set my mind on things above. I choose to focus on Christ. The more you focus on Christ, the more you, you manifest Christ. Have you ever wondered why even there are so many things that are being preached by people who call themselves sons of God, but they are contrary, they are different. I'm speaking this, you are speaking this. It is because we are walking in the flesh. Some are walking in the spirit. When you look at God 
in the spirit you will see his perfect mind but when you try to reason with god in this in the in the carnal mind then even the things you preach they're just an abomination to the works of the cross for example in this era we are living in and you sit there and say there is a sinner oh you are a sinner you are just you are just walking in the mind of men you are looking at things as men see because when a man sees you drinking a religious man will say you are a sinner when another one sees you doing this he will judge you already you are a sinner it takes the mind of men it takes the mind of ignorance but the mind of Christ what does it see it sees dead men that's the dead man in need of life it takes life for this man to manifest life to manifest goodness to manifest righteousness this man needs life that is what god sees and what does he do by the gospel through the life giving spirit who are us he gives life to those men but when you sit there and look at men and see sinners you've already cut them off from the life of god why because no sinner can inherit the kingdom of god no sinner can receive the life of god even though jesus brought the kingdom of god do you know none of them received the spirit until pentecost yes until he died and resurrected no man could be indwelt by the spirit none do you know the same way when when adam sinned when adam fell what did god say because this man has become like one of us let us protect him let us keep him away paradventure you'd partake from the tree of life why because the nature he had become that nature cannot live together with eternal life sin and eternal life cannot coexist that's why adam had to be kicked and it it is written that there were angels there was a cherubim protecting the way to the tree of life they had to be protected adam believed adam didn't have a problem with faith that's why god protected him with this faith he might go and partake of life but he was protected because in that nature god said they would live eternally in that in that dead nature so they had to be kicked away for sin to be dealt with now that sin is out of the way i tell you today the way to the tree of life is as open as possible when jesus was dying on the cross and the curtain stood down he meant the way to the tree of life is open because there is no more sin holding men there is no more sin separating man from god it is open go in and eat that's the difference between sin and works of the flesh sin was a nature it was put on jesus body and condemned it is dead it is gone works of the flesh were the the result of this nature works of the flesh are, are what dead men are manifesting dead men know nothing apart from working the flesh they know nothing else apart from that but you son of god you are born of god you have power over the flesh for as long as we in this flesh flesh will always be at war with the spirit flesh wants to manifest himself you know you want to be angry you want to be angry you want to hit someone you are so angry but the spirit will calm you down that's the difference between you and and a person of the world that's the difference between an unbeliever the spirit in you so sons of god there is nothing you can ever do to lose the gift of salvation it is eternal it is eternal eternal is what it is without end and when god gives he gives he does not take it back there is nothing you never do that god would say you know <laughs> i've changed my mind you're not my son anymore no you are his son he, his dna is in you let me tell you even if no matter how bad it goes between you and your father even if it gets to a point and you say what i don't want my father anymore i don't even want his name you will never remove his dna in you did you know that you may wake up one day and deny that is not my father i don't even know him i don't even care we are not related but the dna in you you can never remove it you can never say let me remove this dna no it is impossible once you are 
once your father is your father is your father eternally even if you become a thief even if you become a top person even if you become a bad he is your father and your father wherever you will be always say that is my son even if he denies you the dna will prove otherwise and it is the same way how much if if that is the case with earthly fathers how much more with the father in heaven there is nothing that can ever separate you but that, that this does not mean either that you should be reckless well, and where will the holy spirit be when you are being reckless isn't he the shepherd shepherd you know guiding you and leading you in greener pastures why sometimes do we behave like 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 god is so weak and so ignorant and we are so knowledgeable than him leave god alone with his sons he says he's able to keep them from stumbling Uh, and if he called you if he for a new and predestined you and called you he is able to glorify you he will begin a good work in you is able to finish it till the end so your business is getting knowledge sit down and get knowledge stop worrying about oh i will lose my salvation oh if i do this i'll do this no one nothing focus on christ let your mind be on christ focus on who you are in Christ focus on how you are the light of this world focus on how you can transform yourself and the lives of others because that is who you are and there is nothing nothing that can ever separate you from the love of God so now i hope you know the difference between sin and the works of the flesh and you know what is the kingdom of God and you know there is nothing that can ever deny you the kingdom of God you only you are the only one who can deny yourself by choosing to walk in the flesh rather than in the spirit walk by sight rather than by faith these two don't get along you have to choose one you're either walking in the faith or in the spirit you're either walking in the faith or sight you're either walking in the spirit or in the flesh there is no mixing e karanga chapo mix mix doesn't work with god walk in the spirit let him lead you what can he do what doesn't he know which office doesn't god know in this world which thing doesn't he, where can't he get walk in him There is no wisdom of this world that is greater than that of God. Walk in him. He is perfect. He knows. Sometimes we feel like, "Oh, God is so late. God is so delayed and we want to help him." The last time Sarah saw that God was so late, what did they do? They resulted to an, another son, which was not the plan of God. So, stop thinking and helping God. Focus on the spirit. Focus on the knowledge of God. Focus your mind on Christ. I am a son of God. Full stop. Let me walk in the newness of life. Let me walk by faith. The works of the flesh will have no power over you. They will have no dominion over you. Amen. I hope you are blessed. Thank you for tuning in tonight. Have a great night. Amen.